This one kind of came out of the blue. Brett Tesler, who represents 49ers running back Raheem Mostert, who had that game for the ages in the NFC Championship against the Packers. Mostert had been trying to get a new contract from the 49ers. He's due to make $2.75 million this year. Hasn't gotten what he wanted, and now he wants to be traded. This isn't necessarily... What's up, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Red and Gold Standard Podcast here on 49ers Hive. My name is Zach Hernandez. You can follow me on Twitter at Zach Hernan. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Anthony Perry. Anthony, how are you doing tonight? What's going on, Zach? What's going on, Faithful? It is your boy, Perry, back with another edition of the Red and Gold Standard Podcast. As always, guys, follow me on Twitter, Perry underscore 49ers. It's P-E-R-R-Y underscore 49 ERS. And uh, let's get it poppin', Zach. We have pretty significant Niners news to talk about regarding Raheem Mostert. Him and his agent have officially requested a trade from the team just because uh, Raheem Mostert wants to get paid on the level that guys like Tevin Coleman are making. And let's keep in mind, Tevin Coleman is making $4.5 million. I think Raheem Mostert is about $1.8. So uh, let's get it rolling. I can't wait to talk about it. Yeah, so like you said, Raheem Mostert's agent, Brett Tesler, over at Tesler Sports, sent shockwaves throughout Twitter and the NFL today by tweeting out, uh, quote, after months of unproductive talks with the 49ers about fairly adjusting Raheem Mostert's contract, which paid him for special teams, we have requested a trade. Disappointing that it would come to this for a guy who led all running NFL running backs in yards per carry and helped lead them to the Super Bowl. Quote, uh, man, this, it was a bit surprising, I'm not going to lie. I, I knew that they had been negotiating for an extension uh, for a while or just, you know, to restructure his contract to kind of reward him for his higher uh, performance and kind of exceeding expectations. But I definitely did not think a trade was going to come out of it or even the fact that they would request a trade. Anthony, what were your initial thoughts of this whole situation? Did it catch you by surprise as much as it caught me by surprise? It really did catch me by surprise. And let's keep in mind, Raheem Oster got a pretty decent extension. And I figured that for what he did at the back half of his season, he definitely should get paid more. But keep in mind, his extension was fair for the team regarding his usage. He was really effective in the second half of the season, mostly when the injuries happened. Brita kind of struggled. Tevin Coleman got hurt and wasn't getting off the ground. And uh, Kyle Shanahan called on Mostert, and he did well. So they gave him what I thought was a pretty fair team-friendly extension. And let's face it, we didn't expect the team to really trade Matt Brita. Yeah, we knew he was under contract for one more year. They tendered him. But we all kind of had a feeling that – that he was going to be gone from the team. So Matt Breida gets traded. That opens the door for Raheem Mostert. And of course, Mostert sees that he wants or he's going to get used more. So obviously him and his agent are going to make the move to get paid more. Well, let's understand that in this type of system, Kyle Shanahan loves his running backs. And we also understand that he can get anything out of any running back in particular. He made good use of guys like Arian Foster, Tevin Coleman in Atlanta at the time. Uh, Devontae Freeman, Alfred Morris in particular when he was in Washington, and the list goes on and on. So I don't know if Mostert and his agent don't quite understand that Shanahan is good with any running back, and honestly in his system, not to disrespect the running backs, but these guys are expendable. They really are. And that's not knocking Raheem Mostert, but his usage in this offense I really think is expendable. So to request a trade and kind of be petty about the situation, yeah, I get it. He should make his money and make as much as he needs to. 
But when you're at the peak of your career after getting cut by five-plus teams, I don't think Mostert and his agent are really in a position to make this kind of move. And uh, and to do something like this, especially when the Niners are at their peak, I think it's a little unfair to the team, especially regarding their cap situation as well. Yeah, Mostert is requesting basically another two, two and a half million dollars. But at this point of the season and the offseason when it comes to resigning people, Every dollar matters, and again, it's the fact that he's uh, he's requesting this kind of money and this in this situation. I do again think it's pretty unfair for the team. Yeah, I I think that's a great point. The fact that it's not just uh, that he wants more money, but it's like you got to take into consideration everything that's going on with the team right now. Uh, they just traded away to Forrest Buckner because they couldn't afford to sign him. And I know there's two totally different situations, but it's like you have to realize they're strapped for cash right now. Uh, it's not like things are the way they were when they signed uh, Jer- Jerick McKinnon and they had this surplus of cap space and they were overpaying for players because they understood that uh, they, they had been bad recently and they're going to have to spend a little more to get the players that's not the case anymore. This team is the cream of the crop, and not only that, they're pinching pennies as it is. So uh, I know I texted in the group chat earlier. It, it was like you know going to the grocery store as a kid with your mom, and she tells you I only have enough cash to buy dinner tonight, and then you throw a tantrum because you were good at school that week and you want to have a, bi- a new bicycle. It's like you know you got to understand the whole the context behind everything. Um, and I saw, you know, Ian Rappaport of NFL Network tweeted out following up with it uh, that he spoke with Tesla Sports about Raheem Moster and his trade demand. His request was simply to bring Moster in line with the highest paid running backs on the team. Tevin Coleman makes $4.55 million in 2020, and that's where Moster wants to be. And uh, he does have two years left on his deal. Like you said, they renegotiated last year and restructured it. Uh, so it's just, man, it was kind of like, huh, like that's really where you're going to come out with it. Like it was, I, to me, it was a sign of bad faith. Um, it was a sign of, we're not getting where we want to get in negotiations, uh, you're doing it the formal correct way. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start appealing to fans and get these fans to kind of start shaming their team publicly or at least get win in the court of public opinion, and that way they understand that you know we're this is what the 49ers are doing. I kind of paint the organization out to be the bad guy. When all reality is, let's say Mostert gets that the contract extension, the pay raise that he's looking for. What if he underperforms next year? Are the 49ers going to turn around, or is he going to turn around and say, "Hey, I didn't live up to this contract." Uh, let's go ahead and reduce my salary. Like, I don't think that's how it works. You can't just continue to restructure your contract depending on how you most recently performed. You signed a contract, you went in. And my biggest thing about this, Anthony, is it just me? Or is this more on his agent for not negotiating incentives when they restructure his contract the last time? I, you know, that's the thing is I don't blame Mostert at all for wanting the bag. I mean, he realized that his usage is going to increase, especially that Brita got traded away. The agent says that they've been negotiating this for months. So I'm wondering if it was around the draft time or if Brita knew he was, or excuse me, if Mostert knew he was going to get traded away, that uh, Mostert was going to request a pay raise. Like if they knew that, I totally understand. But again, you ha- they had to have at least figured that with Mostert's usage going up, you knew that he was going to be the main guy going forward. I don't see how him and his agent 
or at least the agent doesn't expect that. So I don't fault Mostert at all. I would definitely fault the agent because, again, you're a sports agent. You got to understand the game of football, and I'm not saying he doesn't, but you need to realize that, okay, if my player is doing really well and his usage increased at the second half of the season and the playoffs, and we had just signed an extension, I would have figured that I'd be going after more money. And if they didn't realize sooner, especially with Tevin Coleman making as much as he did, not only did Tevin Coleman get hurt, but he was really one of the most inefficient backs on the team. The agent should have just realized that, okay, my client here is the best of the entire crop. He needs to get the money he deserves. Why not do that sooner? Yeah, I get it. Again, he said months, but this should have been something that as an agent, you need to realize right when Mostert has that big game or right when Mostert is starting to become really efficient in this offense. And again, he should have noticed that right away and the agent failed to do so. So I don't fault Mostert for requesting the money, but I I mostly fault the agent for kind of putting the Niners on blast saying that, oh, after months, you know, months and months of failed productive talks, we are requesting a trade. That makes it sound like the Niners are the ones at fault here, not the agent. And of course, the agent's not going to fault himself. But the reality of it is that the agent did not do his job in not a professional manner, but he didn't do it well enough. And now the Niners are facing the repercussions because the agent couldn't do well. That's not Mostert's fault at all or the Niners' fault at all. That's simply the agent. You know, I was talking with Mike, our, our guy over at Nothing But Niners, and I replied to his tweet where he said, you know, uh, that his extension was only as a special teams player, not for a major running back and special teams roles. Uh, and he asked, you know, would you take on additional responsibilities at work and then not ask for a raise? And I just simply replied, it's on his agent. And, he, you know, he asked, well, should his agent have known that he was would have gone from fourth to first on the depth chart? But my point was he should have negotiated some terms in his contract that earned him more money with more production. Uh, it's not really uh, a, you know, rare, rare known secret that running backs excel in a Shanahan offense. Anybody just about could come in here and find success. Um, you know, Brett Tesler, Raheem Osert's agent, should have known his client was very, very likely to be the next running back to have that success in Cal Shanahan's offense. And not only that, but what confused me the most, as soon as I found this news out, the first thing I tweeted was, so you're telling me a guy who was cut by a handful of teams around the league so much that he keeps it, uh, you know, and notes of it and looks at it before every game, he finally finds success to make him a household name, essentially. And after seven, eight games of having, you know, really, really good performances back to back to back and, you know, a nice streak of success put together, you want to leave that scenario? Uh, that doesn't make sense to me. It's like, you know, you would think this is the perfect marriage for him, for the team. And now that he finally found a place where he can stick, he's wants to leave because he's not getting getting another raise. So that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I felt like his best fit is here in San Francisco with Kyle Shanahan. I'm not sure if he has that type of success elsewhere, um, but that's just me. Uh, Anthony, do you think the 49ers will end up giving into this? Uh, I don't think so. And Parag Marate is really the contract guy. And look, like you said it best, man. He, uh, he's requesting a trade basically at the peak of his play. He's been cut by multiple teams. He's finally getting his chance to prove himself. And I get maybe that requesting a trade could be in the Niners' best interest just because of how high his value is. But again, 
what's he have to lose if he's going to sit out a season? He's going to lose a few million dollars. I think his type of production and who he is as a running back is just entirely replaceable for the Niners. So I don't think the well, okay, I do think the Niners care that this kind of stuff is going on. But does it matter to Shanahan so much to the fact that he has guys like Jermichael Hasty and Jeff Wilson Jr. and obviously Jarek McKinnon coming back to step up and pick up for Raheem Mostert? Yeah, I, I think Shanahan sees that and thinks, okay, well, if Mostert's going to be like this, then I need to get ready to have my other backs ready. And we saw how well Jeff Wilson plays. We've seen Jarek McKinnon ball out with the Vikings, and we know what he can do in this offense. So how worried is the team really with what's going on with Mostert? So again, I think they requested the trade, just like you said, at the worst time possible with his, with his uh, I guess, peak value being as high as it is of play, if you will. Because the Niners have, just have all the leverage. They have Mostert on a cheap contract. They can move him for whatever they want. Or they can just hold on to him and let Mostert and his agent just kind of cry and complain about it and just lose out on a couple million dollars and Mostert and the agent aren't going to get what they want. Does it hurt the image of the Niners? Yes, a lot. But it's also their team and you need to run a business. And if you have to make a business decision, then so be it. If Mostert doesn't want to play for the team, if he doesn't want to play under a couple million dollars and the Niners don't feel the need to move him, then that's just what's going to happen. And it's going to end at that. And again, I, it sucks that it has to come down to this. And I feel like it might end up coming down to that once the season hopefully gets underway. But again, Zach, it's business. It is what it is. It's just, it's out of the... It's out of Raheem Mostert's agent and Mostert's control. And there's nothing more I can say to it. I think the ter- the timing of this is terrible. I think the situation that the team is in and the whole world is in in particular is just, it looks bad, man. It looks really bad on the agent's part and Mostert's part. And I get it. Make the bag, make your money. But it just seems kind of, not that I'm faulting him for wanting money, but in the exact moment, it does feel kind of selfish. Yeah, and both of us agree. Let's get this out there and clear. We want him to get every single penny he he deserves and that he's worth. That's not what we're arguing. What we're arguing is the timing, uh, the context, knowing that the team is strapped for cash, and publicly putting this out there. We I think we both can agree that that's kind of a bad look, or at least a bad way to go about it. Um, I'm not sure the 49ers are going to give in to his demands or his request, I should say. Um, and we'll wrap up this topic here with a quote from uh, Brian Baldinger. He was on uh, Damon Ratto and Kolsky earlier, and he said, quote, it's really a who's going to blink first situation here, and I have a feeling the 49ers are going to stay firm, and I, I, I think that that's the situation that we're at here. It's kind of a staring contest, and I don't think the 49ers are planning on blinking anytime soon. Uh, now, Anthony, moving on, you mentioned uh, Jarek McKinnon earlier, and you also mentioned Matt Breida. A couple of running backs that are also in the mix, also, uh, or at least were in the mix with Matt Breida, I should say. If Mostert happens to sit out, if Mostert happens to, if this turns into a giant situation, a giant problem for the 49ers, was trading Matt Breida a mistake? Yeah, I think trading well, 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 well. I don't think it was because you look at who the Niners got out of uh, Breida. They got Colton McKivitz, a potential starting, but looks like he's going to be a solid backup for his career. Obviously, it's way too soon to tell that, but based on draft position and how he looked in college, we could at least assume that for now. I wouldn't say so 
again, this goes back to what I was saying and what we've kind of been talking about at, uh, regarding how replaceable running backs are in this team. Jeff Wilson was a star when he played. Uh, Tevin Coleman broke out a couple games and looked really good. And yeah, he was inefficient more often than not, but Coleman still has the ability to break out to the best of his ability. And they have guys like Austin Wilder, who I think will be back. Uh, they picked up Jermichael Hasty, another looks like a very solid potential third down back, maybe even more similar to what Mostert went through. And again, the team has a bevy of options at running back. I think Devontae Freeman is still a free agent. Uh, they have trade options. It's long off season. So they have a lot of room to make moves. They, I still feel like they're going to make some salary cap moves as well. So we can see what the team is going to do, but overall, man, nah, I still don't think it was a mistake. They got a good draft pick out of it. They turned it into an offensive lineman, which they needed at depth. And there's not much more I can say. Brita needed to make more money and they traded him to the best option available. They weren't going to re-sign him. They put him in a good situation. The Niners won the trade just like the Dolphins did. And again, I think we ended at that. Brita was a good running back, but we saw him struggle, but we also saw him at his peak. Yeah, he was good and he was fast and he had his moments. Don't get me wrong. But again, running backs are extremely replaceable in this offense. And they got what they could get for Brita. And I don't think there's anything more to say regarding him. Yeah, it, it's, you know, it's, it's one of those situations where it's like you can't, it would be looking back with 2020, you know, uh, tw- hindsight's always 2020, that's what they say. That would be the situation um, at the time. I think everybody agreed it was the right choice. Brita, for the most part, was stuck in uh, Shanahan's doghouse. He was, you know, had those fumbling issues. He was never really fully healthy. And I think it was kind of time for both parties to come to an amicable amicable decision to say, maybe it's best that we both move on. And look, Brita is kind of the one of the gold standards, at least recently for the 49ers, of what you want out of an undrafted free agent. But who's to say that they don't have another Matt Brita on the roster as an undrafted free agent already? Um, all, all a guy needs is the right opportunity. I think we've we've learned that in the last couple of years, especially with Matt Breda um, himself. So it would be kind of, I don't know, it's like, you know, having your cake and eating it too to say, yeah, that would be the right, or excuse me, that would be a mistake if this happens to not work out, obviously. But I don't think in, in that moment, the 49ers were privy to this information or at least did not think it was going to go south in this manner to where... Uh, they they probably would have thought, man, this is it. we're gonna regret trading Matt Breida. I don't think that was the case. So I I think overall it still is the right decision, and I think that they will find a younger, cheaper version uh, in in one of their undrafted backs. And it, you know, like we've said, they do have some guys coming back from injury, which does lead me to my next topic, Anthony. We have Jarek McKinnon, Jalen Hurd, and Trent Taylor all posting videos online, getting the fans hyped. They're all looking pretty damn good. Uh, Working out, looking, you know, uh, stretching, looking, you know, just agile and fast, and they're not losing any uh, ability to to cut on the ankles or the knees, whatever the case may be. They all look good given their respective injuries. Do you think this could be the year of the comeback players for the 49ers? Yeah, man, I think so. 
And uh, look, it's not just these guys, too. We can also talk about the other guys who are stepping up and other guys who have to make a name for themselves as well. Obviously, we got Jarek McKinnon, Jalen Hurd, Trent Taylor, but we can also talk about guys like Kendrick Bourne, who in particular just looks like he's been working the hardest out of everyone. Yeah, you can say that about any player working out, but man, all I see is just Kendrick Bourne, Kendrick Bourne, Kendrick Bourne, and that's uh, it's pretty incredible to see him getting this much hype for the offseason, and yeah, workouts are workouts. But man, if you're impressing people in workouts and you're making a name for yourself in workouts, you best believe this dude is ready to uh, step up and break out for the Niners. And yeah, they just drafted Brandon Ayuk. Debo Samuel had a really solid season, but we still need another wide receiver to really step up. And Kendrick Bourne did, but he kind of was mostly that uh, touchdown, red zone, third down, go-to guy. Well, let's see Kendrick Bourne put it all together and become that guy. And I think he could do that. I really do. We saw how efficient he could be. And I don't think he just carved him, carved his role as the efficient guy. I think he has the ability to do more and be more. We saw how underrated his run after catch was when catching the ball. We saw how sure-handed he can be. We saw how clutch he could be. Now let's see Shanahan put that all together. And yeah, I get that you don't draft a guy like Brandon Ayuk if you're expecting someone like Kendrick Bourne to step up. But just because you pick up a wide receiver, just because you pick up a blocking tight end to open up George Kittle, doesn't mean that Kendrick Kendrick Bourne's role should be uh, unnoticed. I think Kendrick Bourne could have a breakout type season more so than the comeback guys. But, uh, you know, excuse me for going off track, man. Let's keep it back to the comeback guys. Uh, yeah, like you said, Jarek, Jarek McKinnon, Jalen Hurd, Trent Taylor, all are working hard, working out. We've seen guys like, um, God, who else was hurt? I think we've seen a couple of Tevin Coleman workout videos as well. He's been catching out of the backfield. He looks like he's back from that uh, kind of nasty injury he had. I think it was against the Packers. You know, I will include that as a comeback as well. We got to see, uh, God, who else was hurt? I feel like we had so many injured guys. Oh, oh, uh, I've seen Ronald Blair working out. Blair's another big name guy. Well, quote unquote, big name, big rotational guy. But uh, overall, Zach, there's a lot of guys this team has that can come back and can really just. Uh, just really get the job done for the team. And if I had to pick one guy out of the comeback kids, man, shoot, I really wanted to be the Trent Taylor. Uh, the Trent Taylor. I really wanted to be Trent Taylor, man. He was really efficient when he was catching from Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, he's had that nagging foot injury that we'll have to see once contact comes around when it comes to playing. But I think he has the potential to uh, carve himself a nice solid role, kind of similar to what Kendrick Bourne has been doing. And uh, I think we'll see that chemistry grow between Trent Taylor and Jimmy Garoppolo pretty fast if he can get on the field and get ready to play. So I'd like to hear what you'd have to say about that. Who do you think can uh, can really be the big name comeback guy out of all the injuries and all the kind of uh, you know kind of struggles and whatnot? Pretty much any of the players have faced throughout this past season. Um, I'm not gonna lie, man. I'm liking Jalen Hurd. Uh, and that might kind of be the easy answer here, uh, if you were to just kind of do a quick search on Twitter, but I think just given what he was able to do in the short amount of time that he had, not only that, but just kind of his, uh, his, his physicality and his, his frame, his size, I think he's the perfect weapon for this offense. Uh, he's big, he's fast, he's strong. He doesn't mind going up to get the balls. I remember him catching that, uh, fade jump route in the end zone against the Cowboys that one preseason game and it brought a tear to my eye how beautiful it was I just thought of Michael Crabtree never catching those and for some reason the 49ers always throwing them and I thought man we finally have a receiver who can go up there and get that jump ball at you know the the point of the catch 
and then all of this happened. But I like Jalen Hurd, man. I think he's going to be a big factor coming back. But I do agree with you. Trent Taylor is also a huge component if he comes back fully healthy. We saw the rapport he already had with Jimmy Garoppolo when he was uh, in for that little five-game stretch. They were automatic. It was like a a first down every single time. Uh, He always knew where Trent Taylor was. And on the other hand, Trent Taylor always knew where Jimmy was going to throw the ball. So I think that's a perfect just quarterback-wide receiver marriage. But my only concern is there's too many mouths to feed. And that might sound a little crazy coming from, you know, last year where they had to go out and get a veteran like Emmanuel Sanders because none of the receivers were stepping up. But it may be the case that, you know, you were waiting for all these crops to to kind of plant and sprout. And now they're all sprouting at the same time. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, you got you went out and drafted Brandon Ayuk, like you said. You got Jalen Hurd, Trent Taylor coming back from injury. Kendrick Bourne is having another year in this offense who might take another step forward. Uh, Who knows what's going on with Dante Pettis. Maybe he is able to somehow return to somewhat of a rotational role or just any sort of role with this offense would be appreciated at this point. But, and not only that, but you got Debo Samuel, who also unfortunately just got injured. But there's a lot of mouths to feed, man. So that might be a little concerning, but it's a good problem to have nonetheless. Um, Anthony, we recently saw this week a massive deal go on with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. They recently signed him to a 10-year, $503 million, excuse me, $503 million extension, which just blew Twitter apart. Um, It's ridiculous. He went from one of the lowest paid quarterbacks in the league to one of the highest paid quarterbacks and it just, it's kind of mind-boggling. But my question for you is, a couple of years ago in Jimmy Garoppolo's deal, the five-year $137.5 million deal was announced, people were thinking, what the heck is going on? They're way overpaying for this quarterback. That's way too much money, blah, 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 blah this, that, and this. Now, with this deal on the on the books and the kind of, thought process for me is every deal from now on is going to try and match that not necessarily the total amount but maybe the average per year stuff like that um does it make jimmy garoppolo's contract look somewhat like a bargain talk about looking like a bargain we saw how uh we saw how effective uh patrick mahomes was with andy Reid, and i'm not saying mahomes is good because andy Reid. i think mahomes has uh, unremarkable arm talent but shoot, we saw uh, Kyle Shanahan really get a lot out of Jimmy Garoppolo, and this was Garoppolo's first full season. So now you look at what Garoppolo can do in this offense, and we look at his contract, and you think, wow, if Garoppolo can be a 30-plus touchdown, you know, 10 or less interception guy and throw for over 4,000 yards in an offense that really only requires him to hit the middle of the field in short, short routes, dude, talk about a steal. We already see what guys like Derek Carr make. We see what guys like Matt Stafford make, and obviously Tom Brady at his peak of his or at this point of his career, and uh, Drew Brees and all the top contracts and or all top quarterbacks, excuse me. And then we see Patrick Mahomes. It's like wow, that's uh, that's pretty remarkable. Do I think Mahomes deserves that kind of money? Man, if you're gonna put that much into one guy, he better win you ten Super Bowls. But 
you got to figure how effective the Chiefs can be salary cap wise because they had guys like Chris Jones that they needed to resign, and obviously, uh, I think they can somehow tag him, but I don't feel like they're going to uh, resign him or anything like that. And we see how teams who put so much money into certain players can really affect re-signing players, drafting players, uh, retaining players, signing players in free agency, things of that nature. And we're going to see the ramifications that this will take against the Chiefs two to three years from now, obviously when the contract takes place fully. And obviously with the COVID-19 stuff, we don't really know what the salary cap is going to be for the NFL to begin with. I've been hearing that it could be lowered anywhere from 10 to 40 million. I've been hearing that it could remain the same. I've been hearing that it could even go up. I don't know, dude, there's lots of different options this could go about. But the point being is that based on what the Niners can get and have got out of Garoppolo under the money he's making, it is an absolute bargain, man. And I can only hope that, the type of contract Mahomes is getting signed to doesn't affect Niners possibly re-signing Garoppolo, I think, in two seasons. So we'll have to see how Garoppolo is going to play. We'll have to see how the money is going to be handled. And we'll obviously have to see what's going to go on with the coronavirus and whatnot in the football season. But yeah, dude, they got Garoppolo on an absolute steal. I still think it's one of the best contracts to have a quarterback under in the entire league. We got to thank Parag Marate for that. And it's only going to get better and better so long as the Niners have him under this contract and uh, Garoppolo can stay healthy and can play at the level he played at in his first fully healthy season with the Niners. Yeah, you know, I saw that uh, Jose Sanchez, who's a friend of 49ers Hive, he was on our YouTube channel a while back. Go check that out if you guys haven't yet. He did a pretty good write-up for the All 49ers Sports Illustrated page about this and kind of comparing the two and he made some pretty good points and he also threw in a tweet from Grant Cohn which went over the salary cap percentage of Super Bowl winning quarterbacks and he kind of noticed that Grant did that quarterbacks quarterbacks that absorb 14% of the salary cap never equate to a championship so for that reason alone it's I mean, it's going to be tough for the Chiefs to kind of continue moving forward. However, for the 49ers case, they're kind of right on that borderline. Jose talks about how, uh, you know, the last quarterback to reach win a Super Bowl with 14% of the salary cap was Steve Young in 94. And that sorry, he wasn't he wasn't at 14. He was at 13.1. That was the closest. And Garoppolo this year will take up 12.9. The year after that, it does go down to 12.5 and and uh, 11.9 in 2022. So he's kind of right there. So he really needs to turn it on right now. And I think if he does, then it looks like a total bargain for the 49ers. It looks like uh, something that is is manageable and something that's not like, you know, they totally just blew the bank on signing this one player. I think it looks like a good deal, um, but that's tangent on him taking another step forward, which I do really, I really do believe he will. Um, it just kind of comes with time in the NFL, and I think that that's something that, you know, he'll he'll just be able to do this year. Um, so, real quick, I, I want to ask you. Go ahead. I want to ask you that you talk about having a good season under that kind of bargain deal. We saw what happened when Mostert finally got the time to play, and he's requesting. Aside from the trade, he's requesting more money. Do you think that? And this, I want your opinion on this. 
because I, I think it might happen. Before the Niners possibly give him an extension, do you think that Garoppolo may try to request more money on his contract if he does have another pretty stellar season with how many uh, years he has remaining left? Because again, running backs can excel in Kyle Shanahan's offense just like quarterbacks can, but we see how important quarterbacks are. Do you think that with the role Garoppolo has and his extended level of play picking up, do you think that we could possibly see either him or his agent request more money just like what Mostert's doing? Um, you know, it, it's tough to say. I would say that he would really need to go ahead and take this his his performance to a whole nother level. We're talking top five quarterback play. Uh, we're talking answering all the questions he has. Uh, there are about him, I should say, in order for him and his agent, I would think, to feel comfortable doing that. I mean, just a couple of years ago, he got the the highest paid contract for a quarterback ever. And to turn around a couple of years later and say, hey, look, I've improved X amount. Now give me more money. It just seems a little unfathomable unfathomable to me. Maybe if we're talking like MVP type year uh, or at least in the conversation for MVP, get a couple votes and then go on to win Super Bowl and possibly win Super Bowl MVP, then I could maybe see an argument for restructuring his contract and get him a little more upfront, maybe a little more guaranteed, stuff like that, a little more um, incentives that are easy to hit. But I really don't see it happening. What do you think? Am I, am I alone in this? No, I agree with you 100%. I think that if Garoppolo is going to play well, I do think he might try to request some more money on his contract. But again, it's just like Raheem Mostert. We see how efficient these guys can be in a offense favorite type system, if you will. I guess it's a it's a really really easy offense for these guys to run once they get it going. So, could we see Garoppolo want money? Yes. Could we? Will it require him to play at a top five or even top eight level? I think so. We see how how hardball these uh, the contract negotiators like Parag Marate and obviously John Lynch at, to some extent play with the team. So why not uh, why not play hardball with Garoppolo? You know, can uh, can a quarterback be replaceable in this offense? Well, yeah, we saw how decent Nick Mullins could be. Yeah, he wasn't the quarterback Garoppolo is. I don't think Mullins can do what Garoppolo can do, but can we see uh, can we see a quarterback? of Mullins' caliber step in and get the job done? I think so. Especially without the level the defense is playing, I don't think there's any hesitation that the team might hesitate to give Garoppolo more money than what he's asking for or give him you know, give him the same amount than what he's asking for. So it kind of all depends, but if, uh, if Garoppolo is going to want more money, I do agree with you. I think he's going to have to play at an elite level. Yeah, so, I mean, for the sake of this team, they have so many big players coming up specifically George Kittle uh but you know I'm sure by the time we're talking about hypothetically when Jimmy Garoppolo would ask for an extension there's going to be a handful of more guys that are ready to get a contract extension that are finishing off their rookie deal uh guys like Debo Samuel if he continues on this projection uh who knows what Brandon Ayuk's going to be looking like Nick Bosa so it's just like it's tough to say guys that haven't even made their first big check in the NFL, that haven't negotiated their own deal, that are still on a rookie salary, they need to get taken care of first before Jimmy Garoppolo can start talking about his uh, second big contract with the 49ers. That, that's just how I see it. But 
Um, Anthony, you have any more thoughts on the situation before we wrap it up here? No, I think we can wrap it up here, man. We've uh, covered some pretty good topics regarding Raheem Mustard and even a little bit of Jimmy Garoppolo in there. So uh, I- I'm happy, man. I think we've had a really good show. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope uh, you guys listening thought so as well. We're just going to wrap it up with a couple standard shout-outs here like we do. I only have one for you just to kind of put this in perspective. I did see uh, Pro Football Focus Pro football, ah, excuse me, Pro Football Focus Fantasy Football replied to Adam Schefter's tweet uh, when he announced that Raheem Mostert wanted a trade, and they tweeted out most runs of 15 or more yards in weeks 18 through 17 last season, so the second half of the season essentially. Uh, Raheem Mostert was tied with Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry, and Joe Mixon with 11 runs of 15 or more yards. So it just kind of shows that he really did turn things on the second half of the season. Uh, he had the the most 15 or more yards uh, runs in the NFL, at least with the three other guys. So it just, you know, really puts into perspective the type of season he had and when he turned it on. Anthony, you got any standard shout outs for us? I'm just going to shout out Javon Kinlaw, man. I love that Instagram post he put up regarding uh, talking about how he made it and how he kind of came up from the bottom and just, just that overall story man i'm kind of a sucker for you know social media posts and stuff like that but shoot it's a it's a lot to talk about you know for him and i'm just happy for the kid man he got his money he signed his contract and now he can uh, really ball out but he's got himself and his family set up for life and uh you know that applies for all the draft guys in general so seeing stuff like that play out man i'm just a sucker dude that kind of stuff makes me really happy for these guys yeah, and you know, obviously, hopefully, it's it's only the first of many contracts for him to come and to really, really set him and his family up for life. But yeah, I did see that too. That was that was an awesome post to kind of get some insight of him and uh, his his personal life, I guess, so to speak, a little bit of behind the curtains. But that's gonna do it for us today, guys. We really appreciate you tuning in to another episode of the Red and Gold Standard Podcast. If you like what you're hearing, please do us a solid. Uh, It may not seem like much. It may seem trivial. But if you could do us a big favor and leave us a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to us on, if if they allow reviews, please do so. Um, Like I said, it may not seem like much, but it does help us out a lot. It's probably the most you could do to help get our podcast out there. And uh, right now, we still do have our jersey giveaways going on on YouTube and Twitter. Go on to YouTube, type in 49ers Hive in the search bar, and hit subscribe. Once we get to 250 people, subscribers, we will be giving away a 49ers jersey. I think we only got like 20 spaces open left, so make sure you go in and get a part of that. And also on Twitter, search 49ers Hive. I think we're like 10 people away, so you could be one of the people. You could win two jerseys, for all you know. Uh, make sure you subscribe to both. There's, you know, If you happen to be the random person selected on both, you would get two jerseys. So search 49ers Hive on Twitter. Search 49ers Hive on YouTube. And make sure you're subscribed and following because you are automatically entered in to win a 49ers jersey. Uh, that's going to do it for us today. Like I said, my name is Zach Hernandez. You can follow me on Twitter at Zach Hernan. Follow the podcast at RGS Pod. And again, guys, follow 49ers Hive. Anthony, you want to go ahead and close it out for us? Thanks for listening. As always, guys, we always love the feedback. Like Zach says, drop a five-star review. It seems like a little thing, but it goes a long way for us growing and uh, you know us just developing as a little podcast and hopefully getting bigger. But uh, as always, guys, follow me on Twitter, Harry underscore 49ers. That's P-E-R-R-Y underscore 49 E-R-S.